0: Well, good morning to all of you, and welcome to the service today. And we think about this week, and it's been kind of a, a difficult week for America as we look back on 9/11 and uh, the attack upon our country, and uh, just all the lives that were lost on that day. And we just—it was hard to watch. Um, I watched uh, some highlights of of the day. I say highlights, just a reminder of what happened on that day. People calling their families, telling them goodbye. On the top floors of those of those buildings, firemen running up the running up the floor, um, and uh, would never come down. And people just people flee, you know, f- fleeing the, the disaster, and people going towards it. People going towards it. And that's really what we do. We, we're going towards the problem. We're fighting the problem. And people need Jesus Christ. And we're, we're fighting on behalf of the people. I'm thankful for this ministry. I'm thankful for this church. I'm thankful for the people of, of Mountain Avenue Baptist. And I'm thankful for our staff in Calvary Christian School. I'm thankful for the people right now who are in the back there uh, working with the, the children, the children's ministry teaching the children um, um, to to love God, to follow God. How do you you learn to love God and follow God? You learn to love and follow your parents. You teach your children to love and follow you. Um, Take your Bibles and turn to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, our text today is verses 10 through 18. And as we think about these verses... Uh, It says in verse 10, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. But if you look back to Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 1, it it, it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Honor your father and mother, for this is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And fathers, provoke, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture, in admonition of the Lord. Servants be obedient to them who are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling uh, and in singleness of your heart as unto Christ. Um, and not with eye service as men pleasers but, uh, but doing the will of God from the heart with, with good will doing service as to the Lord not to men. So what we do when we do it, we do we do it with goodwill and uh, uh, serving as to the Lord. Now I love serving people, but what I do, I'm serving the Lord. What you do is in your life. You get you you know husbands. You love your wife, and you take care of them. You serve them. You do goodwill to for them. And you do it because your wife is a gift from God. Your husband's a gift from God. That relationship. Your children are a gift from the Lord. And so children, your parents are the are a gift from God. Children, obey your parents. Honor your father and mother. With good will, doing service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatsoever good, listen now, that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord. So when you do good, sometimes you don't, things aren't, goodness isn't reciprocated at that point. Sometimes people don't say thank you. But I'm telling you, the Bible says, knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord. So God will bless you. The blessedness of doing good and and serving people and 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 doing goodwill uh, in in doing service as to the lord is not and not to men first of all when you give and you do something good by the grace of god you feel good about it it's a you did a good deed thank god that you have a mind to have to do something good not everybody has that some people just don't have they don't, they don't do any good you know they, they have no goodness about them. They're selfish. They're self-centered. They've got this hedge of evil built around them. Not evil, but selfishness. Some are evil, but some selfishness. But knowing that whatsoever good things any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord. So God, listen, you can do something today, something kind, something helpful. And two, two years from now, God blesses you for it. Somebody does good to you. You think, wow, that was nice. And God, listen, you cannot give God, number one, because by the grace of God, if you you give, that means you have something to give. That means you have more than what you need. So somebody had to give you more than what you need so you had something to give. So you're blessed because you can give. Not everybody can give because they're just getting by. They just have enough to just barely make it, you know. And so when you're able to give, that's a blessing because you have more than you need. That's the blessing from God. And so you just give it. I think of Les yours. he just was a giver. You know, he he loved the Lord. He loved to help people. He loved this work. He loved this church. I figured it out. Les probably heard me preach 2,500 times. Because Les was the guy that just came to church every service, every revival, every, every time the door. I mean, he just loved to be at church. The last week of, two weeks of his life, he, he'd get up in the middle of the night, get ready to go to church. He was kind of losing his memory and stuff, but he listen, uh, when he uh, this has never happened in all the years, uh, almost 40 years now I've been in ministry. Next year we'll celebrate 40 years. And I'm, I'm here with Les' brother, art. And before the service yesterday, he comes up, he says, I got a notebook for you. Uh, these are some of Les's writings. He, used to, he, he would write stuff about the Bible and things, and I put this notebook together for you. I wanted you to have this. I know Les would probably want you to have this. And he said, "And then, in the front of that notebook, there was a place where you could slide, there's a plastic you know, cover, you could slip something in. And he said, it was slipped in there. He said, this is Les's tithe. He wanted to make sure he got his tithe in you know that here's less we're doing his funeral service and he's giving his tithe you know i've i've never had that happen i'm sure people have done that and have given and people leave things in their will and stuff for the for the ministry but i've never had somebody that's, that's that which is less he loved this church he loved children he loved the work of, of, of this church to children he loved those bus kids Coming in on the bus Sunday morning and then on Wednesday night. And uh, he loved it. Knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. Whether he be a, somebody who has a servant, has enough to have a servant hired in the house, or whether he's free. So whether you're bond or free, whether you were a servant back then in those days, uh, no matter what position you had, whether you were a hired servant in the house or whether you owned the house, whether he be bond or free, he'll receive of the Lord. And you know, God blesses you. God blesses people. God blesses us as we serve Him. And then it says this, And ye masters do the same things unto them, forbearing, threatening... So if you're a master, uh, do the same things unto them for bearing threatening, knowing that your master also is in heaven, neither is there, neither is there respect of persons with him. And so it's simply saying this, listen, if you, if you get to the place where you're a boss, now this is talking about masters having servants, but let's just apply it to have being a manager, or having people that work for you and serve under you. Um, uh, you know, he said, listen, you need to treat them like I treat you. God is saying, treat them like I treat you. Be kind to them. You know, some people, they just love their boss. People just, they love their boss. Their boss is a nice person. Their boss is considerate of them. And they want to stay at that job. You know, much of going to a job is, you know, who's the boss? What kind of boss is he? And so if you get to the place where you can manage people, when you're a manager, be kind, be helpful, jump in and, uh, and, and help out and, and be, be somebody that is a servant. That's what he's saying here. And ye masters, do the same things unto them for bearing threatenings. You know you, don't wanna, you know, you don't want to be somebody that's always got to threaten if you don't do this. Now, I do that to my dog, Max. Max, if you don't, you, do you want to live to see tomorrow, Max? I don't care about, you know, he loves to come up to the school here because everybody treats him good. You know, he just, every time I leave the house, he's like looking at me. He wants to come here because all the teachers, they all love him, the kids, they hug him and everything. He wants to come. I said, "No, Max, you're not going. You are staying home." I think he knows this is Sunday because he knows I I go to church, you know. So he, he knows he's not going anywhere. He's not at the door on Sundays because he's a wicked dog. He doesn't want to go to church. <laughs> I said, "Max, you should be wanting to go to church. You just want to go to play, you know." But you, but when you're a, when you're a leader, when you're a husband or what. Uh, You know, a husband or a wife, you lead the family and you love. You lead through love. You build relationships with people. And you, masters, do the same things forbearing, threatening, knowing that your master also is in heaven. Neither is there any respect of persons with him. And then he says, finally, my brethren. So this is just. You know, being a child, children obey your parents. Being a parent, raising your children. Being a a servant, being obedient to the master. Uh, Fathers, provoking not your children to wrath. Uh, Serving not as men pleasers, but as people that serve God. And do it with singleness of your heart. You know, and then it comes down to knowing that whatsoever good any man shall do, the same shall he receive of the Lord And masters, be kind to those that are the servants, like your master's kind to you. Aren't you glad God's kind to you? And then he says, finally, my brethren. Because raising children, rearing children, getting prepared for life, everything's laid out here for life. You you go back to chapter 5, it talks about the marriage relationship. Life... And living for God is about learning from the Word of God how to be ready for the battle, how to be ready for the future, how to teach your children and train your children to love God and follow God, be obedient. Listen, you learn to be obedient. Uh, in today's society, if people learn to be obedient, listen, when someone says, if you get pulled over by, if the policeman says, pull over, you know what you should do? Pull over. Pull over. He says, I want to see your hands. Put your hands up. You see, a lot, a lot of what's happening today in our society would be different if people just obeyed the law. Policeman pulls you over, says, get on the ground. Get on the ground. Let me see your hands. Let them see your hands. Being obedient. So really, learning to be obedient and follow God and follow instruction is important. It'll save some people's lives. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. You see, strength comes from the Lord. I love my mom and dad. My mom and dad were great people. My dad had a great sense of humor. He loved God. They were faithful Christians. But, you know, they died. They died. And I have to be strong in the Lord. My life, and uh, though I always sought to please my parents, even when I was older, um, my dad thought I was 33 years old. My dad thought I should still dress a certain way, even when I came to their house to see them. So I dressed a certain way because my dad thought I should, you know. He didn't think I should wear shorts ever. You know, I said, Dad. You know, I'm, I'm, it's my day off. I'm here. You know. He said, no, you need to. You know, no good. You need to look like a pastor. So I, so, I I just always did that, just for him. I didn't have to do that, but I dressed that for my dad because I loved him, respect him. And he had an idea in his mind that I was a pastor, and this is the way I should look. So, okay. I did that. But more importantly, what I I do what I do because I love God. I am who I am because I love Jesus. I'm planted here in Banning, California because of God. Because God, and so are you. You're planted here. You're in the Mountain Avenue Baptist Church. And we have a job to do. And we're, listen, we're moving forward. But if we're going to move forward, listen, this is, these are evil times that we live in. A lot of things are happening in this country a lot of unrest, a lot of wickedness, a lot of disobedience. We have to set our heart and mind like a flint towards God's will for us. How are we gonna live? What are we gonna do? We have to understand something. We have a foe in this fight and that foe is the devil. It's the devil. Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. He's the foe. He's the one we're fighting against. His his name means accuser, slanderer. In Genesis chapter 3, he brings, you know, the the devil brings temptation. Genesis chapter 3, and in verse number, uh, verses one through six, you have it there on the screen. But he, listen, he's a he's a slanderer. He's a, he's a liar. He's a deceiver, and he deceives man. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, "Yea, hath God said?" Did God did God say this? See, there's a difference in saying, yea, hath God said, or yea, hath God said. So the the Satan always is deceitful. Young people, Satan will deceive you. You can deceive somebody by how you say it, how the question, hath God said, Hmm. you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. You see, that's the devil's always questioning God. Ye shall not surely die. See, today in our, in our society, you know, we, we think about abortion. It's like, well, no, that's a woman's choice. It's her body. She can have an abortion. So society believes that. Well, it's the woman's choice. I'm against abortion, but she has the choice. You see how, you see how that works? You see how the deceit of this world the family, the family is a man a woman. We're talking about Adam and Eve here. That's God's plan. And so the battle is over what, how are we going to look at this world? Are we going to look at it from a biblical perspective, from God's perspective? Where life begins at conception or life uh, or the family is a man and a woman? The serpent Says, you know, ye shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day you eat thereof, your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Hmm. Well, you know what? There is some truth to that. They would be. They would know truth and evil. Right now, they just know good. They don't know anything about evil. But when they do this, now they know because they're the evil ones. So Satan, from the very beginning, is a deceiver. He causes questions in the hearts of minds of God's people. Hey, God doth know in the day that ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree was desired to be make, make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave unto her husband also that was with her. And he did eat. And there, wait a minute, and the eyes of them both were opened. And they knew they had sinned. They knew they had done wrong. Their eyes were open. They knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. That's Satan. He's the foe. He's the slanderer. The Bible says in verse 11, the wiles of the devil. That means... That means method. It comes from the word method, or we get the word method. So he's he, listen. He's working it out. He's finding different ways to tempt you, to deceive you. This world. See, in this in this room here, we have people that know the Bible. You know the scriptures. You know that the family's a man or woman. You know that life begins at conception. You're against abortion. You know that the nation of Israel is. It's God's nation. It's God. They're God's people. God chose them to be the missionaries of the Old Testament, to bring light to the world. God chose Abraham. God chose his seed. And so we know that. We know the truth. But the world doesn't know it, and the world is deceived. So we take God out of the, out of the public school so the children can't know anything about God. We don't want them to know and now, now children can't go to church. Now, our, I'm glad our Christian school's back in. It's so exciting. I can't, I can't even tell you how wonderful it felt to see those children coming, uh, leaving those cars and coming into the school. And the, the, just the courage of the staff to face, just like these nurses do, face the coronavirus. They're around people around people there's a chance she'll get it you know and there was never there was never a question about whether they were going to do it just okay we're going to do it but i think about our bus children we don't we we don't they're not coming anymore how many children didn't have been saved in the last 6 months that would have been saved if they would have come here on Sunday morning, Sunday night. I'm talking about their eternal destiny would be changed. They'd be going to heaven, but they can't come. We can't evangelize them. We can't put them on the bus and bring them to church. And so it's hard. It's hard for me because that's what we are all called to do, to bring them in. But because we're on delay here, doesn't mean we need to be defeated. Because because we can't meet like we normally would meet, and because we can't have the outreach that we normally could have, doesn't mean we have to be defeated, be discouraged. Or we can get discouraged, just don't stay discouraged. There's plenty of ministry here to do. There's plenty of people. To reach. And I'm thankful again for all the, the children and the families. I see people have come here dropping their kids off that have been saved through the ministry of Calvary Christian School, through the ministry of the teacher. And I think about all the teachers and all the kids in their classes and the parents and the grandparents. Probably each class represents a hundred people. So you have twenty classes, you have two thousand people there that are being reached. So we're reaching in. Listen, you care about somebody's children, you've got their grandparents' heart. You've got them. They love you. And so we still have the reach. We still have it. And God, listen, the Bible says here: put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. He is the foe, but God is our God. First Peter chapter 5 and verse 8 very familiar portion of Scripture. Be sober, be vigilant. Listen, to serve God, you've got to be sober. To serve God, you've got to be vigilant. This is a serious business. It's a serious thing to be a Bible-believing Christian. It's a serious thing to be a mom or a dad. It's a serious thing to be a husband or a wife. It's a serious thing to be a friend. It's a serious thing to be an employee. It's a serious thing to be an employer. Be sober. Be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as as a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. And so we're protecting. We protect our children. My children are grown now, and I'm thankful. You know, uh, my three of the girls are married. They have husbands. They protect them. I have to worry about Tara and Amanda. I want them to get married, find a good Christian man that'll build a hedge around about their home, that they'll raise their children for the glory of God. But I'm still praying for them. I'm still leading them. I'm still loving them. I'm still encouraging them. I'm still protecting them. And so are you. You're, You're protecting people. With the knowledge you know, you protect people. You help them, you show them. Second Corinthians eleven, uh, chapter eleven, verse fourteen. You know, Satan is a deceiver. He's transformed himself. He's an angel of light. He's the foe. Second Timothy chapter two and verse fifteen. You see, this is the thing: as we look at the scriptures, it says, "Study to show thyself approved unto God." A workman that needeth not to be ashamed. See, the the winner of wars are, are people who can strategize. strategy. Listen, there's stra, strategy being laid out. World War II, World War One, World War II, the, You know, the uh, Vietnam War. You know, people were strategizing. When Japan attacked us. they strategized. We we tacked back. We. Some There was a general, there was people that were, strat, that were giving direction, smart people. Intelli- they were in charge of intelligence. What you have is the Bible. You have the Word of God. You know how to live. Just in this chapter right here, children be obedient to your parents. Parents, provoke not your children to wrath. You're taught right here about human, the human being of the human life. We just talked about Adam and Eve. You know that Adam and Eve were created in the Garden of Eden. You know that. You have that knowledge. You have the truth. You have this wonderful knowledge. And so you're solid in the midst of the storm. You're solid. In the midst of the pandemic, you're solid. It's because of the Word of God. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. It's God's word, it's God's truth. And so you studied it. And now you're putting it into action. We know that Satan's our foe, but we also know what's our force? Where do we get our power? What's the source of our energy? Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. You see, we may feel weak, we may feel defeated, but we're not defeated. We may feel weak, but you're not weak. You have listen, be strong in the Lord in the power of his might. He's God, he's still God. Jesus is coming again. He's going to plant his feet on the mount of olives. I can't tell you just how exciting it is. So we're talking about, I got a text early this morning from a pastor about our trip to Israel in 2021, December of 2021, and just thinking about, man, Just I've been on the Mount of Olives now twice. I've looked down at the holy city. I've stood right where Jesus is going to plant his feet. I've stood right there. I stood right there, right where he ascended up into heaven the last time they saw him, you know. I stood right on the road there when he went down the triumphal entry. You could just see it. You can see the people. Hosanna, Hosanna. We've been to the Garden of Gethsemane. The Garden of Gethsemane is right. When you stand on this hill, you can see everything that the Bible's talking about. You see the upper room over here. You can see it in the distance. You see where Jesus was taken. You see Caiaphas' home. It's all right there. The guide just points out the building. You see that building back there. That's where David is buried. It's just so exciting to be there, right What the Bible's talking about. But you see, maybe you haven't been to Israel, but you know the Bible. It's the truth. And so we have the truth. The truth, not in, in knowledge there's power. And power is knowledge. We know the truth. And the power of His might... That that word might means force, strength, and ability. Man, the ability that you have in Christ Jesus, in the power of God. We know that God can do anything. We know that God is able. Ephesians 3.20, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. He can do far more, he can do more than I could ever imagine than he could do. So I just got to be the leader and said, okay, God can do this. God can meet that need. We got all these homes coming in here, all these people, all these new businesses. That early crowd, I, you know, I told them, I said, we went a little long in that early service. But I said, still, it's like ten 15. You're beating the crowd in and out. No, you're not going to beat that crowd, Okay. They talked about that new chicken place. What's it called? Raising. Raising yeah, I said I, I would never go anywhere with Raising Cain. You know, right? I'm not going there. I'm not. If it was Abel, you know, Cain killed Abel. I'm not going there. <laughs> Why would I go to Raising Cain? Get some chicken. I'm going in and out. They're Christians. Raising Cain, they can't be Christian. Somebody find out if they're Christians before you eat there. We had uh, LJ was here, the young boy LJ, uh, kind of hangs around here now. He had, a, he had a Los Angeles Rams shirt on this morning, a jersey. I told him to get out of here. He was sitting right down. He said, get out of here, man. You know what? I said, what's, what's the name on your jersey? What's the... He said, girly. I said, you look like a Gurley in that thing. Get out of here, you know. He was here. He just left a minute ago. He stayed for this. I teased him the whole service. I said, at the end of the service, I want you kneeling down here. You don't kneel during the national anthem, you kneel during the invitation. Or get that out, you know what? But the world's just gone crazy. You know? Why would you kneel during the national anthem? The national anthem is about, that that flag there stands for the blood that men have shed. So I can stand here and preach freely so I can go to that wicked place called Raisin Canes, or canes and Raisins, whatever it is. We're free to go there because people died. And then that Colin Kaepernick. Why would, why would Colin Kaepernick be... Uh, listen, he wore in his practice uniform, he wore socks, knee-high socks, with a picture of policemen on it that had pig faces. So what about that kid that walked up to those two policemen yesterday and shot him in the car? They were pigs to him. So what about it, Colin Kaepernick? Did you teach those boys that those two men sitting in that car were police? Those two policemen were just pigs? No, they're human beings, and they have families, and they're both battling for their lives. So we elevate Colin Kaepernick like he's some hero. No, he's not a hero. He's teaching, he's teaching young people not to obey. The very people that are, if they'll obey, can save their lives. And so it's all, it's just kind of crazy. We're living in a crazy world. No, we respect the flag. We respect that flag. The cross of Calvary. That, that flag represents Jesus. The blood that he shed upon the cross. So I stand here between these two flags with this Bible and the, the, cro- the, cro- the pulpits in the shape of the cross because it all has a, a, a representation. This is God's holy word. Jesus died upon the cross. He rose again the third day. He's alive forevermore, and He can lead me through this life. And He can meet every need in your life. There's no limit to God's power. Mark chapter eleven, verse twenty two, Jesus talked about the fact that if you have faith, you can you can say to the mountain, Be thou removed and cast into the sea. Now don't do that today because we'll probably have the big earthquake and it'll say it's your you know. By the way, the deacons never told me when I when I candidated for this church that we were the church was located on the fault line where the big one's coming. So I called that guy what was, what's the big guy that, the rock? What's his name? Somebody thought I was him the other day. I was out shopping in walmart are you the, are you the rock? I said, no is it his name Johnson? Is that his name? Are you Don Johnson? Not Don whatever. whatever his name is, but he had that movie about the earthquake, you know and everything. oh though I'm over great this will my house will be beachfront, you know. I'll say, Be thou removed, and everything, will, the earthquake will happen, and everything. And you'll be mad at me because your house is on the other side there, you know. But the truth is, if we really believe, we can, listen, we can move mountains. And we're not talking about mountains, but just <laughs> we can help children make it in life that have no hope. You can help them have hope, you can build a foundation in their life. Only God knows what they're going to face one day. They're learning back there, and the children are learning in children's church. They're learning about God. They're learning about the God that can meet every need. Matthew, Mark chapter 9, verse 23, and Jesus said, If, if thou canst, canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. You just got to believe. We, we do believe. See, God has already blessed your life enough, and you've seen enough. You know God can meet the need. You know that God can bless. You know that God can guide. In John chapter 14 and verse 12, Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. So what was the, Jesus' work? He was on this earth. He ministered to the people. He spoke the word. He was the word in the flesh. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. So here you and I are in 2020. You're the word. You know the Bible. You live the Bible. People read you. you, You're living the Bible. You're kind, you're gracious, you're helpful. You live like a Christian. What's you walk like a Christian. This church here, Mountain Avenue Baptist Church, not a huge church, but this church right here supports over 65 missionaries. Probably annually, there's 100,000 people that get saved from the missionaries that we support. That's great work. Jesus said, you'll do greater works than these. Greater work than these shall ye do. Why is that? Because we have Jesus. Jesus lives in all of us. We have the Bible, you have the Word of God. You have Je- the Word became flesh and dwelt among us and it's becoming flesh right now because you're becoming more like Jesus the more you learn it. And you're going out and about and you're a light in this world full of darkness because you have the truth of the Bible. Oh man, He said, listen, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Be strong in the Lord in the power of his might. Listen, we can, we, can, we can win many more battles. Where does it start? It starts in the hearts of those children. It starts in the hearts of people. We're turning people to Jesus. Turning people to the Lord. The devil is the foe. Our force, our power is the Word of God. The power of God. Listen, don't give up. Don't give up on anybody. I'm not. I'm not giving up on California. You know what? The politicians are getting so crazy. They're just like any normal person thinks. What? You know. They're fighting these. The California is fighting all these. These forest fires. I don't know. Barry probably knows more about the strategy of fighting forest fires. But you know what they're telling us? You know, just about cutting trees back and cutting things down, and and keeping you know keeping things cleared, so when the fire won't come, it won't come. It'll only go so far. There's a strategy, and there's a different strategy from the governor and the people that are kind of calling the shots. You know, they're fighting, they're fighting the battle there and uh, over there John MacArthur's church. I, he's meeting this morning. A federal judge told me he's probably going to be arrested for going to church. We're small enough. We're, we're flying under the radar. They don't care about Mountain Avenue Baptist. They're going after that big church. So it's no longer about the spirit of the law. The spirit of the law is, is now just, okay, you aren't going to do what we don't tell you to do the whole idea is to keep people safe from getting the, the coronavirus well dr fauci just said it's probably not going to be normal till the end of 2021 2021 at the end that's a year and a half from now or a year over a year from now it's going to be normal do you know a lot of think about everything that's happened in the past year in your life so you know what I'm telling you, church? It's never going to be normal again. The wages of sin is death. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, even death came into this world. Cancer and disease and different things are out there. The flu bugs, the different things that this world has faced, and they're there. And we got to fight them. So the coronavirus is just one more thing. It's one more way man can die. But I've got to tell you, after after that's the judgment. I'm praying for Mike Glubb, uh, Jen's dad. He's, he's right there. Man, I want him to live. I woke up in the middle of the night praying for him. First thing I prayed this morning. We prayed in our men's prayer meeting. I'm praying for Mike Gleb to live. But I'll never forget what Tony Evans' son said. His wife, Tony Evans' wife died of uh, cancer just right about three or four months ago. And her son, I saw it on Twitter. It was a little phrase. He, he, and he was, he was talking and he said, he said, God, we prayed for my mom to, to, get to, uh, to get better. We prayed for her to be healed. And he said, and God told me all along. God said, listen, the prayer was answered. Because she was either going to be healed or she was going to be healed. In other words, she was either going to be healed here or she's going to go to heaven and be healed. The prayer is answered. God, give her a new body. God, touch her body. He said either she was going to get a new body or she was going to get a new body. Because that's what we have. We have victory over death. We have victory over hell. All of us in here, in Christ Jesus, have victory. We're living in victory. Now, I'm going to do everything I can. You know I'm taking more vitamins and, you know... I'm I'm trying to eat right. Get the I want to be strong. Uh, I'm trying to get hydroxychloroquine. I know I say that wrong. Our our medical people, you know. I'm trying to find out every. Listen, I want to I want to live, but more than that, I want to live for God. I want to live for Jesus. So I'm going to take care of myself, but I can't wait till the end of 2021 to do the work of God. I don't know what what's going to happen in this world you understand so let's just do it don't be discouraged don't give up on the world and so over the next several weeks we listen we know the four we know the force the power we have we're going to become familiar with the equipment that God's given to us to fight because we listen this is a battle and we're in it you're in the battle you're standing in the gap either you have family that are unsaved or you have friends at work that are unsaved or you have somebody down where you shop that you know that are unsaved, and they know you. And you've got to stand strong. You've got to be firm. And you've got to let God use you. The Bible says, and take on, verse 17, we'll mention these two things, and then we'll close. Verse 17 says, and take that on the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Be in the Word of God stay on the word of God love the word of God this Bible right here keep learning it, keep studying it keep living it one of the most exciting things in my heart to me is that the Bible is taught, listen there are people back there teaching the Bible right now children's church, children are learning it every day at Calvary Christian School a teacher teaches the Bible you know what that means? they have to study the Bible so they're growing in their faith by studying the Bible. You understand? I, that excites me, that this place is a place where people learn the Bible and teach it. We look forward to getting back to Sunday school someday soon. But the Word of God. It's the sword, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And then praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. And watching Thereunto, with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So we're watching out. Listen, there's some people are missing. Call them. You know them. Don't let them. Don't let them slip away. You throw them the lifeline. You hey, come on. How you doing? I know you haven't been to church, but I want you to know I miss you. I'm praying for you. Don't let them slip away. You know. You know. I like the two services, but I don't like it because you don't know who's here or not here. But you know what? You're going to find out who comes to this service. And if they're missing in this service, call them. See see how they're doing. Praying for Morris. You know, he's broke his hip. We miss him. And so let's help people. Let's pray and supplicate for the saints. And let's pray for the, the people that are lost in this community and around the world. And we're going to march on, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And we're going to talk about and become familiar with some of that armor. That's going to help us over these next few months, September, October, November, December. These next four months are going to be crucial in the history of this country, in your life. And you're going to have to stand firm. And we're going to have to stand up. And we can't be discouraged. We can't be defeated. We're never defeated. You are never defeated as a Christian. You have victory. You have victory over the greatest enemy of man. The man that's the greatest billionaire is going to die. He's going to die. Bill Gates is going to die. I pray he'll get saved. You understand? The guy that owns Facebook, he's going to die. These people that are billionaires, the Amazon. I've been out on Lake Washington. I've seen their mansions. I've been by Bill Gates' mansion. He's got guards all around the. You know, you can go on the boat. It's a 145 million dollar mansion right on Lake Washington. I've seen it. I've seen the the bodyguards out there with machine guns. But nothing can protect him from death, because it's going to come. And we, we have eternal life. So let's give it to as many people as we can. I said it. Mike's mentioned it already. You know, Les, you, you, yours has died. But he, he, was a, he was a guy that gave gospel tracts out all the time. So maybe you ought to pick up. Let's just try it. Let's just do it for this month in memory of Les. Pick up one gospel tract back there. And when you give it out, you just say, Les, this is for you. This is for you, Les. You're, you, you're no longer here, Les but your memory's here and you taught me to, to, to love to give out gospel tracts and just give one out you see that's what we do for Jesus Lord you're, he's in heaven so Lord these are your hands this is your heart these are your lips these are your eyes help me to see to lift up mine eyes and see the harvest because the harvest is plenteous but the laborers are few. So pray ye the Lord of the harvest that he'll send forth laborers. Oh, I'm looking for laborers in those children. They're future laborers for Jesus. And you're blessed. You get to serve God. It's a blessing to serve God. It's a blessing to serve people. It's a blessing to give. To make God help us. Oh, we know the foe. We know the force of the power of God. We'll get familiar with the equipment as we fight, as we battle over the souls of mankind.